Hello, hello, hello. My name is Courtney Turner, and you are listening to Bluegrass Community Foundation's Do Good Radio Hour. Today's episode is a bit different than episodes we've done in the past because we are going to be covering National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month, which is recognized each year in January. We do want to give a trigger warning to those listening who may be a survivor of a trafficking situation. If this is not the episode for you, that is okay. We love you and we will see you next week. However, if you'd like more information on identifying and responding to potential trafficking situations or would like more information on resources here in Lexington, I encourage you to stick around today. We want to give a special thank you to Alex Vader from the Ohio Crime Victim Justice Center, who gave me many resources in preparation for this interview. Alex, I adore you and appreciate all that you do for me and everyone around you. If you or someone you know may be experiencing a potential trafficking situation, there is a 24-7 National Human Trafficking Hotline that can be accessed by dialing one 888 373-7888 and or text HELP, that's H-E-L-P or INFO, I-N-F-O, to 233-733. Again, dial 1-888-373-7888 or text HELP or INFO to 233-733. Today's guest is the executive director of The Well of Lexington, which is a nonprofit organization committed to helping women live free from sexual exploitation, addiction, and homelessness. Here is Eileen Lovey. Hi, Eileen. How are you today? I'm good. How are you? I'm doing good, thanks. Thanks for being here. It feels a little crazy because we are recording this in December of 2022, but this episode won't come out until 2023, so we're kind of time traveling right now. It's very exciting. (laughs) Now, this episode is a little heavy, and it's heavier than a lot of the episodes we've done previously because aside from talking about the amazing work that the well is doing and has done and continues to do. Um, We are chatting today because January is National Slavery and Human Trafficking Prevention Month. So first, I want to say thank you for everything that you do for our community. Um, But can you just kind of introduce what the well is, who you all are, and what you all do? Okay. Uh, So we are a grassroots organization. Um, We have been around, my goodness, we're still kind of new, what, 2016? Mm -hmm. Um, We love getting into the community um, in two different ways to prevent trafficking. So one of them is we have a safe house uh, that we help women and their families come off of the streets from trafficking. We also have a prevention, it's a mindfulness program that we're trying to get into the state to help with just trauma in general, Mm. because our stats are just very alarming. Can you talk about those alarming stats? Okay. Well, don't quote me, but (laughs) I'm like, watch it like change right before I walked in. Right. Um, No, I mean, just what is it? We're like the fifth poorest state. What, we're number two or three in child abuse up and running. Mm. Um, we also have domestic violence that's there. We have an opiate crisis. Um, and a lot, and again, everybody, if anybody is listening to this and you're like, oh, grab your thumb, a shinjitsu move, because we will be talking about some heavy things. Yes. Um, so just breathe. It's okay. I lighten it up. 
Um, but with all of that said, uh, the prevention piece and kind of what we're seeing is, you know, it's a seven-year lifespan when somebody gets into the trafficking field. Mm-hmm. Um, in the state of Kentucky, the most common form is called familial trafficking, and that's when the families are selling their children or their sisters, their brothers, their, you know. And one thing that I love to just say right off the bat, because everybody's like, oh, there's a white van at, you know, Walmart that's going to kidnap me, which, okay, yes. Very much so. Yes. Um, but it's something that traffickers look and they're all shades, all colors, all religions, everything, right? Mm-hmm. So are the survivors coming out of it. So it's not just uh, pointing. It's more of a know your surroundings, know who you're speaking with, know somebody in the community. Mm-hmm. Um, with that said, the prevention piece of this program is so that when the children are young, think about it. Like, if it's your mom or dad doing it to you, you don't necessarily know that it's wrong. Right. Um, and then what? You've got DCBS called on you and you don't say, and it's just this distrust, this cycle, right? Mm-hmm. And then let's say this is happening to you. You go to school. Even the teacher is calling. You don't say anything. And then your body enduring so much trauma, right? You've got, let's say, um, the fight or flight, Right. That's put into a human being's body because it's you're supposed to like either fight a lion or run away, right? Mm-hmm. Well, the lion comes home every single night, and so their bodies are shooting off. Um, they, they start they want to numb because it's you know so the risky behavior happens, and then hey, guess what? We have an opiate crisis. So mm-hmm. it's something that is not necessarily talked about um, within the schools yet. Um, I think it is because there's a lot of trauma based going on with what happened with COVID. Um, but it's something that your body doesn't lie. Like your body is always going to tell on itself. Right. Mm-hmm. And we want to put a piece, um, for parents as well as, uh, for, you know, your community centers, your schools, uh, general government programs. It teaches the child about, it, it's a brain science that we are partnering with Goldie Hawn foundation. So it's the mind up foundation, it's brain science, it's a social emotional learning. Because one key component to this is it's a prevention on teach them how to like what their bodies are telling them and right. then give them healthy coping mechanisms. Um, because a lot of people are like, trafficking's here. What's going on? We have the perfect like breeding ground for this. Mm-hmm. You know, we've got um, the Derby that's there. We've got a tractor trailer show out in Jefferson County that it's any time somebody wants to be entertained is when they start calling in. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of the survivors. So it just, it's across the boat. And a lot of times people don't focus on the who's buying. Right. I, I want to go more in depth with these programs, but before we do that, can you give us just a general overview of what trafficking actually is? Because I think that sometimes there's a lot of misconceptions of like, okay, well, What's the difference between trafficking and prostitution? Are those two ever put in the same category? So I know that there's a significant difference, and I would love for you to kind of inform us on what that is. So trafficking uh, has to have the three Cs. So it's their choice is taken away, they're being coerced at some point, um, and it normally begins with poor circumstance. Um, And with this 
wonderful, you know, horrible three series, this is something that has to equate to, you know, it's not necessarily, let's say, it's kind of hard to explain because it's like, example, we've had a survivor that was in our program for a while that didn't know that she was trafficked. Mm. So it's, it's hard to get statistically, like right now our stats are starting to come up. Um, and then we've been taking different stances on, um, you know, there's a difference if there's women that want to go out and, you know, do the stripping and all that jazz, that's great. But they're in a arena where the traffickers are there. It's just like easy pickings. You're, it's not good. Um, and a lot of times I've met, you know, people that are, they're in such poor circumstance that they're going to do anything that they can to get what their essential, like the essential needs are. Right. If your essential needs are not met for you and your family, you're going to do whatever it takes to get that done. Right. Also, traffickers, um, they'll take your kids. So, you know, you're in a hotel room down the, the way and your kid, you're going to do anything you can to get back to your child. Mm-hmm. Um, they use that manipulation and the coercion. They come in real, uh, they are going to be anything that you need. And that's, you know, we're looking at uh, boyfriends, um, if somebody just wants to talk to, you know, like just a general friend, a mentor, um, and they're waiting for that moment to be like, oh, I'm, oh, your mom shouldn't talk to you like that. You should come and stay with me. Mm-hmm. Um, you deserve so much better. I love you. You know, uh, it's something that you, you deserve the best. You deserve the best. And then fast forward, so this happens, and they leave their uh, – community and all of their resources, right? Mm Because they're following either like the best friend love or they're literally master manipulators. They're going to say anything. Um, You know, it kind of switches very, it's either right in their face or it's something like, oh, you deserve the best and I want to keep this apartment, but um, we're, we're low on cash. You remember that guy last week? He said, if you go on a date with me that like just one date, um, we could totally pay our rent. Like, it starts that way. It also, I mean, it's just, it's something to where you've got a lot of, um, a lot of behind-the-scenes money type stuff. I mean, come on, we got 120 counties in Kentucky. Pick one. Right. How, I mean, it sounds so <laughs> crazy to even ask because it's such a big question. But where do you start in helping? How do you help? Like... There's just, there's so much, and I feel very overwhelmed by it, so I don't know how you do this every day. Um, it's, I, I've, I've worked in the cancer field, and now I work in the trafficking field. Um, I can tap dance with some pretty, mm-hmm. pretty hard things. Um, and it's honestly, there's like a Native American poem that goes, um, the forest was on fire and all the animals ran out, but one little, uh, one little, what is it? hummingbird and he would drop like one little drop of water on the fire mm. one little drop and the animals were like what are you doing like you're not even really doing anything and they were like well nobody you know like it is what it's the right. best that I can do I'm giving it at all and that's kind of how I feel like just in this field of my goodness um trafficking anti-trafficking it's something to where it's changed when I came in how we even look for people you know we're 
it's something to where like you know look for somebody that's been beaten up or looks scandalous or right no 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 man it's it's a 32 billion dollar industry they have money oh. to make you look like a like a a career person going on a weekend's day right and it's just you know it's a 32 billion dollar industry it's right behind the drug trade but like think about it drugs i give you once you've used it you're done uh, but with humans, humans are reusable, like reusable commodities. Right. So I can resell you that person 30 times a night. Mm-hmm. It's a very lucrative business. Um, and to answer your question, sorry, I'm, yeah. um, so you have the horrific of these, this is what's going on, right? You, you come in out of that fire and you help who's ready to be helped. You, um, for us, it's something to where you meet, we're so small that we're able to meet the person where they're at because everybody's on a different line of healing. Mm -hmm. And the layer upon layer upon layer of trauma, um, it's something that this kind of treatment has to be so individualized um, with that. The prevention piece on like, okay, so this is where we're at. I'm going to do, as of right now, we're helping everybody. And we, families as a unit. and then the prevention piece. So it's when we started to create, it's called the Well Start. Um, and when we created it, it is a backup to, um, there was a program in the ADDs, a public health program called Connect the Dots. And it helped find ACEs throughout the state. Mm. Um, and that's uh, adverse childhood reaction. So it's trauma, right? And you're hearing a lot about trauma. Everybody has a form of trauma, divorce, death, mm-hmm. you know, horrible relationship. Um, and what this does is this is the second piece to that on, okay, now that you've identified that this person has some type of trauma or a child or, you know, adult, it doesn't matter. Right. Um, here's how you teach them on, like, what to do about it mm. so they don't just sit by them. You know, it's something that's like, hey, your brain's doing this. This is a fight, flight, or freeze. So when you feel this in your body, here are some really cool things that you can do. Mm. Um, and it's giving them options. Uh, because again, it's that choice or the, they're in poor circumstance, right? Their choices are limited and then they're more easily coerced. Um, so let's give them choices and let's, you, you build somebody up through that. I mean, that's, that is the kajillion dollar question on how do you stop this? It's a twofold. You have to help immediately who's in with it, like in the system. And then you have to help, uh, pre, how do we empower these children uh, to stand up and be like, nope, nope, nope. You know, Detective Ricky Lynn was telling me like somebody, DCBS got called like some crazy amount of number on this poor child and he would never identify. He would never, and they couldn't do anything. You just had to walk away. And it's like, how do you empower somebody like that? You know, Mm -hmm. and you do it through the body again. The body doesn't lie. So, and your website talks a lot about holistic approaches. Mm -hmm. What does that one mean (laughs) and then what does that look like (laughs) okay we um so we are actually one of the one of the only non-faith-based organizations in the state of kentucky um and i say that as in um it's something to where we take everything and we let the person decide what they want so if they want to go to church awesome if they want to go to temple great you know, if they want to go sit with a Native American group, whoop-de-woo-woo. You know, mm-hmm. it's our job to open the door up um, to what they want to learn. Um, it's it's going to probably have to be something. I mean, if 
if somebody's in the AA or NA, they have, you know, the higher power of what it is, Mm -hmm. but it's not our job to tell you what it is. Um, But we leave little mustard seeds all around and it's the, it's absolutely beautiful to see people blossom Um, when they have all their essential needs met and they're like, Oh, what do I really like? What does, you know, and they're feeling their body again. It's just, it's a really cool process to see. It's, it's heart wrenching, but the wins are just, I mean, my goodness, Mm. they're amazing. Can you tell us about an experience where you got to witness a win? Um, yeah, currently. Um, right now we have a, a fabulous, fabulous, fabulous resident who came into the program. She went immediately. She got a job. She got moved up to a manager's position. And now she's back in school to mm. learn business. Like, she is the epitome. She walks into a room and it's like sunshine. And it was just, it's so sweet you know to get into school we we had to um we wrote our letter on behalf of the well um because a lot of people and that's the other thing um your records so felonies those types of things the the traffickers set you up uh you're the one that's going to do the downfall you're the one that's going to get taken by the cops so people coming in have a lot of records Mm -hmm. you know like things that need to be expunged um and so on the well kind of steps in and is like hey you know please accept her to that, you know, please see what we see in her. And it's just, you know, she's been amazing. We'd really love for you to consider letting her into the school. And we gave it to her so she could turn it in. And she started crying. Mm. And she was like, do you all really think this about me? And we were like, oh, yes. Like, oh. yeah, yeah, right? I mean, I've got chills. Yes. The little stuff like that. And it's, you know, I again, I've worked... I work in nonprofit. I wish I could show people like a fuzzy animal or, you know, like a child, you know, like the children on the playground. Right. I can't show any of those things. I have to, I can't even say name, you know, right. n- nothing identifying. It, it has been the trickiest way to build an organization with that. And then not scaring people like half to death. Right. Mm-hmm. B- because first of all, terrifying. I know. It's so scary. <laughs> But it's, I mean, I'm, I'm pretty sure the first two years I worked with this position, I was like, I, yeah, I went to some self-defense classes. Yes. My husband is like a, you know, Shaolin, the mm-hmm. martial arts guy. I mean, it's just, but I got to a point to where you can't live in that world. Right. Fear does not exist. It's either going to, for me, it's like wake up when you wake up in the morning, you're like, okay, let's go. Right. Okay. And aside from it being terrifying it's also very nuanced and people sometimes think of trafficking situations in a way of like I'm not going to get involved with that because either I'm scared or you know it deals with sexuality and people making choices that they disagree with and I think that sometimes it's very hard for people to understand and so they judge this person before they really understand what that circumstance is so it's a hard sell oh, yeah. for you guys. Yeah. And even using that term is, I can't even do that. I mean, think about it. Yeah. Like your language, your everything that I do, I have to like yes. super watch. And I, I want to ask all the listeners, um, anytime that you're driving like downtown, look out your window. I mean, I think that's where people start. We're like, I'm not giving them money. Or she's chose to be a drug addict. She's on the floor. She's choosing that. I'm sorry. Was she... Have you, did you stop and ask her what has happened to her in her life? Right. Has, how long has this been going on? Because I'm sure as a child, you know, this poor woman or man was like, I'm going to be on the street 
instead of, you know, a ballerina or right. a president or something, you yeah. know. So it's just be mindful and being compassionate uh, towards everybody in the community for that matter. And that's another way I think we can all build ourselves up. Mm-hmm. And going back to the language that we use, you and I had a very short conversation about the importance of using very specific terminology to refer to people who are in trafficking situations, not as victims, but as survivors, and not saying things like child pornography because that doesn't really exist, and saying... I mean, that's exploitation right there. It's (laughs) That is the word that I was... (laughs) That is the word I was looking I'm for. Like, yeah. What is the importance of using that language and being knowledgeable about what that language is? Uh, well, ultimately, within this position, you want to build uh, build the survivor up. And we say survivor, thriver, overcomer, um, because it's something that if we stick with the victim or the victims or this or the – even if I say something as weird as, like, my victim's in the house, like, I not only used a possessive, like, do you see how creepy that right. sounds? Right, yes. Um, the survivors, the residents that are in the house right now, or, you know, it's just mm-hmm. this quick switch. And, the you know, there's different terminologies you can use. And speaking of typologies, let me mention this. Typologies are different types of trafficking. We deal with sex trafficking, mm-hmm. um, but there's like 25, I think. I mean... There's different, obviously, labor trafficking. There's, you know, the one that I think everybody knows is they've been, when I get asked a lot, they're like, oh, it happens in the U.S.? It's not somebody, you know, coming over from India. And I'm like, no, man, no, 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 no. And all over the world, it's different. Like, some people have the organs. Some people, it's more labor, like India. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's for the U.S. I mean, ours is, it's labor and sex. So scary. (laughs) SOS. Sorry. No. It's sorry. I know. It's it's so important to talk about, but also there's just a lot of like Yeah, grab your thumb, grab your thumb. Grab your thumb. It's like think about it, babies suck their thumb. It's a pressure point. (gasps) Shinjitsu. Oh, I love that. Yeah. So like underneath your desk, just hold your thumb for a sec. I always just tell people that when I'm talking because I can well, and you gotta think about our stats. I think it's like one in four in the United States, probably one in three in Kentucky. Women that have either been physically, sexually, or verbally assaulted. Think about it. Right. Everybody probably listening right now has had their butt grabbed at some point. You know, it's, you feel it. Mm-hmm. Or you know somebody. So it, in you're talking about sex and it's rape and it's, you know, multiple, it's like the a person's worst nightmare, really. Right. Um, but the more light that we shine on it and we talk about it and we realize how to, you know, if we can ever use the word prevention of this. Um, how to kind of shift shift this in our society. And mm-hmm. I'm, I love the fact that, like, Giselle, um, the Maxwell, and Epstein. Yes. That's actually a very good documentary. You can see the money trail going right mm-hmm. on up. Um, it is said that the lower end of the trafficking realm, that they, you know, it's, it's like families. Family just doing it to families. It's poor, you know. It's, it's always been done or something mm-hmm. to that nature, right? When you start getting, like, money, money, the Epstein stuff, that's, like, the billions. Billions of dollars. Yeah, it's insane. And how do women find you all? How do you all get in contact with the survivors? And what does that process look like? Because it has to be a process of getting them into housing mm-hmm. and 
helping them through these programs, what does that look like for you all? So for us, it's a two-year process. Um, as much as I would love to open up our doors and just say, come everybody. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> come on in. It, uh, we, are, we like to work with correctional facilities a lot of times um, just for the backup on somebody's, somebody's ready to change. Um, if we technically get someone off the street, um, they might not be ready. Mm-hmm. And that's the saddest part. And um, frustrating. It's self-sabotage. Yeah. It's just, it's, you know, we work with organizations. There's Women's Refuge here, Natalie's Sisters. Um, you've got Chrysalis House. Oh, Greenhouse 17. Mm-hmm. Are we the services? And the Nest. So we, and and we do work with our local law enforcement, our judges, um, to then be able to not only identify, oh, and Bikita, sorry, Bikita's out there, and mm-hmm. Unshackled by Love. Um it's just this, you build a network um, to see what program the person would be better suited in. If they need a 24-hour 7 watch, you know, I would refer them to like Refuge or Unshackled or, you know. Um, if it's something to where they're able to not have as much, mm-hmm. um, we are that, like the residential. We're right. that second step. We're like, okay. Let's do medical. Let's do like making sure there's your teeth, your body, what's going on with that. You know, can you you have glasses? Um, education. Do you want to go get your GED? Do you want to go back to school? Do you want to learn a trade? Um, let's get you on your feet. Let's get you you know resume building, um, along with um, a very tailored because again it's person by person on what they want and need. So it's like. Currently, we have, they go to yoga once a week, they've got a trainer, and they go to her two times, and it's, like, so, so uplifting. Yeah. Um, they have art therapy. Um, they have Sister Becky that comes over and gives them. Sister Becky, I think she does, like, the touch therapy or does something with the hands yeah. or Reiki mm-hmm. or something along that line. They love her. Um, you know, we've had Shinjitsu come in before uh, with Jennifer Bradley. She's amazing. Um, and it's just learning what is going to calm somebody down? Mm-hmm. Um, we've had, you know, group from Adath Temple come in and help teach people how to cook, and they want to do a garden. Um, we kind of started with Good Shepherd, mm-hmm. so we have a really good backing. Um, you know, you've got Father Hendry that's there, uh, especially. It's just something that uh, we we use every resource possible. Is this program free? To residents? Yeah. So the what we're working on now is the two-year step down. So for two years, no rent, you know, they don't pay anything for the house. We want them to save money mm-hmm. because they've got to get out and rent is just insane. Yes. So they stay with us, you know, if, and sorry, I should add, everyone's in counseling. Everybody has their own <laughs> psychiatrist. Mm-hmm. You know, everybody has access uh, to basically anything that they need, and their essential needs are met for two years with that case management that comes in is like, all right, what do we want to work on? Mm-hmm. How are you doing? Like, what's going on? So they have a safe spot to stay. They build a little community around them that's safe. They put a little money away for that, you know, that can get in. And on the second year, we've just actually um, Safe House uh, Initiative, it's, which is a national organization, has just given us a little money to do a step down. So like we would help with deposits and doing, making sure for that first year for them, kind of, do they have groceries? Do mm-hmm. they have, you know, but it's still being able to keep that contact and 
with them because it technically just it's learning how to relive a lot of times it's building a safe community which a lot of times they've not had and that's why they're in that in the situation so Mm -hmm. i mean it it is it's a process there are a lot of professionals (laughs) we have a program oh my goodness our program committee is amazing we call it all the experts um it's something that you know, I want a nurse on there. I want a psychiatrist on there. I want a survivor, mm-hmm. survivor voices. You know, I can speak to you all day long, uh, but I've not walked that path. Right. So a survivor, anytime is next to me, I'm like, please give that person the microphone. You know, it's <laughs> like a lived experience mm-hmm. is something. But that also having, you know, it's a lot. That's a lot for people to... The survivors that jump back into any type of ag- like advocacy work. Right. Heroes. Truly. Heroes. I don't know. I mean, I get, it is a definite first and second hand trauma. Yeah. That you're dealing with. And reliving all of that for the betterment of other people is. Yeah. Right? Chef's kiss. Unbelievable. All of these resources and all of these programs and all of the the free scenarios that you all provide for these survivors that cost money on your all's mm-hmm. part. <laughs> yes. So what are ways first of all financially that people can assist you all but also if people are very passionate about interacting with survivors and helping how they can what are ways for people to get involved with you all? Yeah, um so first and foremost, I mean, my goodness, we are a little bitty. We run under 200000 Let's say that. Um, so every single penny goes straight to the survivors. Um, what we need help with, again, is just the general operational funding. And I say that because it is something to where, you know, we were looking at a survivor coming in and she had braces. Mm. We'd have to pay for, like, that type of thing. Um, all of your psychiatry visits, that's out of pocket. They, you know, a lot of times nobody, you know, they do not have a form of identification. Mm-hmm. And that's another thing. They take their, the traffickers take their form of identification and it's like they keep them. So when they get to us, it's like they literally show up with a garbage bag full of stuff. Right. It's, I mean, so we have to start from scratch on, you know, okay, let's do the clothing. Let's do, get you your correct sizes underwear. Let's get you something. You know, we always try to find out what their, like, favorite snack is or what mm-hmm. their... So when they come, they get this big, huge, plush, um, you know, all of their blankets, their towels, bath bombs, you know. A lot of times it's, like, Doritos and something <laughs> else, you know. And we're the like, essentials. Right? And I'm like, go take a bath, eat your Doritos, get a good night's sleep, you know. Right. Tomorrow, let's reconvene on how we're going to do therapy and things of that nature. But it's... It's amazing to see somebody just meet those essential needs and if they step up to move forward. Because, again, a lot of times I think the saddest thing that I've ever seen is they, um, I don't want to say they, but it is a uh, things that I have seen on the future freaks people out because it's something, change freaks everybody out, right? Absolutely. Good or bad, change is like, ugh. And watching someone try to change for the better and then take a couple steps back and go to what they know and what they feel comfortable with. And that's something on running a program that you have to realize there's relapses. You have mm-hmm. to realize that it's like, I tease with the residents that I'm like, okay, like it's it's the cha-cha, you know, two steps forward, three steps, right, or two steps forward, three steps back, you know, mm-hmm. those types of things. 
Um, it's just keep moving forward. You might take some steps, a couple, you know, and it's just learning and learning that we have a community, which uh, volunteers, that was the answer to your question on, we love volunteers. Uh, we go through a training background check um, and it is, we've had so much fun with people coming in and we're like, look, think about if you've never been out to ice cream before. Mm. Like your parents didn't take you. I grew up with that like Sunday dinner, Baskin Robbins. Like we were a big, huge Catholic loud family. And it's just a very, you know, we built, like, everybody's welcome. So it's taking what I have learned in life um, and building the table longer for somebody. Mm. That's kind of what I go on. Um, sharing what I not only have, but then getting the person um, exactly what they need and not necessarily what I think they need. Mm. Um, and it's just holding that safe space for them to find themselves. And it's such a cool process to watch. It really is on all levels. I will, will I work for the welfare? I have no idea, but I will always be, like I would do advisory board. Absolutely. I would, yeah, it yeah. is something that it is, it, it touches your heart and you're like, oh, okay, yeah, I'll always be in this in some you know, form or capacity. And I definitely want to use our time together as an educational resource for people who are listening. And because we are, I don't want to use the word celebrating, recognizing. <laughs> recognizing, yeah. Recognizing this month. Can you give us an insight on signs to look for in potential trafficking scenarios? Um, and what to do when you recognize those signs. Okay, so this one's a tad bit tricky. Um, um, of in, course. In the sense of, I, I mean, I would just hope that you could be a good like human being, and if you see somebody that's struggling, you would alert somebody, Absolutely. right? Um, if you see, let's say you're at Derby and you see, you, you get a whiff of something where there's a not a good power dynamic, and the person possibly, and because again, um, you might not see the trafficker, you might not, right? And it's something that if you get that gut feeling, um, call the trafficking hot for, you know, or mm -hmm. call 911. 911, you can, you know, I'm sure some detectives are already probably within the area that they can go help, but I do not suggest you getting involved at all. Because if you think about it, if you go up um, and start talking or try to help, you could potentially get the person like beaten up for even talking to you right. or even actually looking at you as a thing. So mm -hmm. just be very mindful of that if your gut senses go off. Um, and I mean, they do. They teach people to kind of look out. You know, they don't have their forms of ID with them. They look malnourished. Um, they have had some type of substance misuse because that's something that, I mean, my goodness, I think people think like the trafficking is I'm going to chain you to a bed and you're, you know, it, it, we, Hollywood has just gone bananas, right. which I'm sure happens, yes. But think about it. The chains is like heroin. Yeah. It's meth. I inject you. I take you. You know, they find a foster kid on the street, inject them with heroin. They've got, I mean, come on. Right. I mean, those are things that dope them up, and then your body's already addicted to it, so the drug dealer is now the person trafficking them. Mm -hmm. And then, let's say, somebody's on the street, they get picked up by cops. What what? You know, they go in if they don't get checked by the system, which has gotten a lot better, thank goodness. Um, and, you know, get booked for this, this, and this. Guess who's picking them up? The only mm -hmm. person, you know, like <laughs> the jail, I think, like lets people go at like 4 a.m. or 3 a.m. or something. And it's just, where does a person go 
at 3 a.m. Like, I don't even know if the buses run, but, like, probably the, yeah, somebody's going to take them yes. right back. Yeah, they go right back to what they know. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's something that it's just, it's going to take a whole community on that level. Mm-hmm. Where do you see your work going in five years with the well? What are, what's your hope for five years down the road? Hope for the well. Um, I would really, one, I would love the state to pick up the Well Start program and disperse it within all of the schools, um, community centers and such so that we can do a preventative um, emotional and social learning to where we build our kids up. Yes, we can do the connect the dots and finding the aces, but now let's do follow up with that. So mm-hmm. we create a stronger, um, empowered youth. Um, I would also love to get, oh my goodness, multiple houses. Yes. Uh, hallelujah. That would be amazing. And I would also love help with the tear down section. Because mm-hmm. again, you know, I mean, when we first started, oh my gosh, it, I mean, <laughs> oh my goodness gracious. Um, it's a lot. It's just, you don't, unless a person has the community, the, the, it, you don't just say, here's an apartment, goodbye. Right. You know, (laughs) you want to try to stay connected. You know, I I actually just went to another great story that I just am remembering now. Um, A couple of months ago, I got a, she went through the whole program. We helped her get back her son. Um, And it was, you know, she had to have a two-bedroom apartment to do this. And so we helped outside of the home. Um, She went back. She's working now full-time. She's amazing. She just got married. And I went to her wedding last week. And Seeing this man who's just, um, like, socially known, very awesome, um, the years of sobriety on him are just, man, Mm -hmm. needs a star. Uh, Seeing him kneel to her son and give the, this is what I'm proposing to you. Because, again, nobody, you know, the child could have, it's just, it's amazing. Oh, it makes me misty. I I was crazy town Mm -hmm. crying. Um, and it was funny right behind us was, uh, the family that kept him from their church. And she was like, this must be such a proud day for the well. And I looked at her and I was like, no, ma'am, this this is is a proud day for everybody. Like we couldn't have done this without you. Right. She raised him with her three little boys Mm. and he like ran back and sat with them. And I was like, he would be lost in foster care. Absolutely. Like it's just, and when we say what to look out for, know the statistics on your foster care. I mean, my goodness, please, if you are ever supposed to be a foster parent, please be a good, come and do fostering. Do the Mm -hmm. big brothers, big sisters, be a mentor to a child Mm -hmm. um, is another great way to kind of move that forward. But it's just, you know, being a good human being as a whole. Yeah. (laughs) I don't mean to laugh, but I'm like, yes, I can see it on your face. It's like my, one of my best friends is, Alex, who I mentioned in our email, and she has been doing this work since we were in college. And I just remember she would tell me about it, and I would just sob because I feel so helpless, and I don't know what to do about it, and it makes me so frustrated. And people like Alex and people like you just come in, and you're like, this is, I mean, this is real. This is a real issue that we have. We are just going to love these people as much as we can and hope that you know, the resources that we give are really going to do something. And I just think it's beautiful. Oh, thank you. We just appreciate you so much. (laughs) Okay, let's take a deep breath. (sighs) (sighs) Grabbing thumbs, grabbing thumbs. (coughs) We are going to go into our second segment. Mm. 
which is what we like to call BGCF Fast Facts. I'm so excited. Where I'm so excited. I give you a question, and without thinking about it too much, you're going to give me the first thing that pops up. Are you ready? I'm a weirdo, so this is... I love it. I actually prepped my board president. I was like, they're asking me personal questions. I just don't... <laughs> it's going to be so fun. It's my favorite part of every episode. Okay. Wait, I got to call. Okay, ready. Okay. What are you reading right now? Okay, so I'm reading two books at the moment. One is... It's a Darian William Owens book. Um, it's a little theology. It's beautiful. I love studying how different cultures, uh, what everybody thinks of God mm-hmm. um, in my brain... It's just different co- cultures call God something different. So I find it fascinating how people do that. And it's just, oh, I'm also, so I, it, I do that kind of um, studying on the side. And then I do the uh, just total cotton candy trash. Oh, yes. Um, so I, my friend Jenna Kane, which I'm totally calling her out right now, got me into the court of thorns and a race. <laughs> I mean, it's. Come on, I'm like doing this very intellectual thing on the one side, and then I'm like, I'm going to learn about fairies. I Listen, mean. <laughs> that's the way you have to do it, though. You, It's all a balancing act. Yeah. And we'll take, that's a great way. Mm-hmm. That one's really good. Um, what are you watching right now? Ooh, my new favorite thing is Wednesday. Everybody's I watching Wednesday. <laughs> have you seen the dance? Oh, yes. I love that dance. The dance is fabulous, and her little roommate is just, I'm like, oh, look at you loving people right where they're at. She's a sweetheart. I really like her. I I think she might be my favorite character, honestly. Mm -hmm. Yep. What are you listening to right now? (laughs) Uh, Mike and I, my husband and I, um, (laughs) we've been listening to a lot of uh, Bobby McFern. Would you guys know him for, like, the Don't Worry, Be Happy song? Yes. Um, his whole albums are, like, really good and very uplifting. Like, he does a Suzy Q one that's just, it's cuckoo. Like, it's... Oh, I love. It's, but it is so uplifting. What are you eating right now? Um, I've got chili cooking at home. Mm. It is soup season. <laughs> yes, it is. What are you most scared of? You know what? Uh, I don't want to... I... Do not accept fear. Mm. I don't accept it. It's not a lot of my world. I, I I started this like three years ago because I was terrified. I mean, think about all the weird stuff I have heard. And please, everybody, do not go Googling Mm-mm. down any stuff um, for the trafficking field. But um, I just had to make a decision on like, nope, not today. I mean, think about it. I'm here for a reason. I don't know why I've... Like, let's right. wake up in the morning, do what I can, and when I lay my head down at night, I, did I do what I was supposed to do? Did I help people that I was supposed to? I'm good. Like, I don't give it any energy. I don't give it any um, time. I don't like gossip. I don't like drama. I don't like talk. Um, when you're around me, I try to uplift people, mm. and I want people to do the same for me, but I also am very good at finding those people up <laughs> The real hard day, and I'm like, hey, how you doing? What's right. happening? <laughs> oh, I love that. We don't accept it. I don't accept it. Nope. Oh. I mean, it's, it's, there's there's something to where uh, if it's a fear thing, I'm like, you need to be cautious. Like, sure. listen to it. Listen to your body. Uh, listen to your gut is the biggest thing, and then just go from there. But if you don't partake in the fear or the good, bad, or the mm-hmm. nope, mm-mm, just keep, keep in your lane. I love that. Oh. What are you most proud of? Ooh, that's a good one. Um, 
I am most proud of, I have helped start two successful, very wonderful, thriving nonprofits before the age of 40. That's fantastic. I mean, Colors of Promise and uh, The Well of Lexington are my babies. Mm. So, yeah. Mm. Who do you look up to? Um, you know, this is a weird, I, I could, I can't think of a human being. Um, I look up to and want advice from my team and I say my team, but it's like, uh, best way for me to describe it is I, I love meditating. Um, and it's something that I like to sit down. Um, and it's my team of your angels, your ancestors, people that are looking out for you. Mm. Um, the higher you know, I go up if I need information is right. the best way that I can put that. Yeah. Mm. What are you most looking forward to? Um, my wood stove and my book series. You've got a wood stove. I do. It's, we just moved in. We're fixing up an old house and it's, let me tell you. But then I get very like, I'm burning wood just for fun and not for, you know, like, am I wasting wood and I'm doing... I go, I go that route too. So I'm very yep. cautious and I get the most I can out of the wood because I'm like, I don't want to just but environmentally. We love a wood oh, it's amazing. Oh my gosh. <laughs> Why do you love our community? Uh, I love it just because it is, oh man, it's so progressive and it's so loving. I mean, come on. We've got like the, the LBGTQ colors on our are you know that's insane mm-hmm. i love it on our courthouse you know lawn i am uh let's see i've been here since i was five i'm a local i went to jameson allen beaumont dunbar eku it's my community mm-hmm. i love this community i i love people so there's a lot of people within this area that i just absolutely adore mm. why do you love yourself oh um probably because I'm a weirdo and (laughs) it is though it's something that even the older I get the more that I'm like oh man I am kind of weird that's all right that's all right it's gonna be me yes (laughs) that's the best way to be though I think we spend so much of our lives trying to figure out who that person is and trying to develop all of that and then being uncomfortable with whatever that is there is so much peace in just being like it's me yeah well and that's power that's, I mean, uh, Arlene, it's Arlene Thomas or Arlene Davis. Uh, that's a great book. Um, it, she is something that she always wears shirts. And one of them is um, be exactly who you are so the people that are looking for you can find you. Like be as weird uh. as you can be because that's who somebody, you know, if you're looking for your career, friendships. So, and if you're you, as weirdo as you can be, you're allowing other people to be weird and be themselves and be, I think that's why everybody likes Wednesday. Yes. Because it's something that it's like, oh yeah, mm-hmm, everyone's kind of odd. Let's just right. be odd and cool Let's and just do love it. everybody. Yeah. And we'll learn Fosse dances right. and Ooh, yeah. we'll mm-hmm. roam around. It's great. <laughs>
Okay, last question. Okay. Tell us where people can connect with you, can connect with the well. If people are looking for resources, where can they go? So three ways. Um, Our website, which is www.thewelllexington.com. And then also we have a Facebook and Instagram account that please get on there and like and follow us. Um, We try to give you the most updated statistics, different safety things for your children. We also go on the holistic side of, you know, uplifting quotes, something Mm. to get you through your day. Everybody's, you know, in the struggle. So it's just something that we understand that it's a dark topic, but um, we try to uplift you and empower you to, you know, join the fight. Come on in, help us. Mm. Thank you so much for being here today. You are just so wonderful, and I just love you so much. Oh, thank you. (laughs) Thank you for being here. Come back and chat with us another time. Um, But I love you, and thank you, and we'll see you next time. Thank you. Bye. Bye. Thank you so much for joining us today on the Do Good Radio Hour, brought to you by Bluegrass Community Foundation. We'll be back next week right here on Radio Lex, or you can listen to us anytime on Spotify and Apple Podcasts. In the meantime, you can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, and TikTok at BGCFKY, or visit us at BGCF.org to stay up to date on all of the latest giving and do-good opportunities in our community. Until next time, I'm Courtney Turner. Do good and be well. You are listening to the Do Good Radio Hour on Radio Lex, WLXU 93.9 LP FM Lexington. Our theme song is Happy Tune, written and performed by Brother Smith. The views expressed on this podcast are not necessarily the views of Radio Lex, its board of directors, or Bluegrass Community Foundation. The views expressed are solely my own and the guests'.